you have not chosen wisely because you're going to waste some time with the Untitled Film Project podcast. At least we're being honest. Right now. Yay. We're self-aware, right? We're wasting away here. Jeez. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about several movies. Uh, one of them is a bullet train. Might be a movie of that title somewhere mentioned in this podcast. And uh, we're also going to have the big question at the end, too. But we would like to kick off this Untitled Film Project podcast with Justin Bradford's experience of uh, going to see a movie that is personally important to him because it's pretty cool. It is. So Easter Sunday... Uh, starring Joe Coy, stand-up comedian. This is his first real project in terms of Hollywood. We've seen him have cameos and sitcoms and things of that sort, but it is a very different take when you're a stand-up comedian to make that switch from live audience in an auditorium to being on a movie set and you're not having hundreds or thousands of people feeding you energy to work off of. And I'll just start with that, that this is something that was really unique to see and to, to read up on because the director, uh, Jay Chandrasekhar, even mentioned that, that it was a, it was a project sure. with Joe Coy on how to get him flowing in this to, to go in. You can see throughout the movie that it seems like, talking with one of my friends, Cameron Gumpy, that it feels like it was filmed in order because <laughs> you can kind of yeah. see the, the <laughs> which the, is rare for those who don't which know which is very rare, yeah. rare. because you can see the comfort level of joe coy but the reason why this is so important to me is that this is the first major project in hollywood that is featuring filipino culture we've we've seen it be in parts brief parts like spider-man no way home okay mm-hmm. ned's lola is in there and you you see certain bits of that tagalog is spoken for a brief period of time in there so you see a little flash of filipino culture but this is obviously the forefront of it and then first of all it's a comedy just a family comedy dealing with drama that every culture has, family drama, but you sprinkle in so much of what's just known as Filipino drama or historically Filipino culture into this into this comedy featuring Joe Coy, who is, I don't want to say a struggling stand-up comedian. He's had a commercial through Budweiser Zero with a tagline, <laughs> and that's what everybody knows him as, uh, but he's trying to make it big by getting a role in a sitcom, whether it's a, a side gig or a main gig in a sitcom. So he's battling those types of things and having a family He's divorced from his wife. His wife is married to someone that is a professional athlete. I don't want to ruin it because it's a really nice little play here that applies to all three of us in this room on what sport that is. (laughs) Uh, And then dealing with managing those expectations and then just hilarity ensues and everything. I will say the experience for me in going to the screening, I had to go to Atlanta. I'm in Nashville, for those of you that don't know. So driving four hours to go to the screening because I was the only city in the entire region that was hosting a screening of this. But You you footed your whole bill for this oh yeah you took yeah. time off work and you wanted yeah it was very important to you personally to very go important this. Okay. to go to a screening only two days in advance that's great before because but that's how much it meant to me was to go see it early so i could just soak it in love that and then see it a second time with friends and wife afterwards so who, i could just who are white who, who are white yes <laughs> <laughs> But we are on the radio. But so. it's a great point that you should bring it up so that people know where you're coming from. Yes. And uh and I think a lot of us that are white don't fully appreciate uh when another culture finally gets its big screen moment and attention. So you got to have that with Easter Sunday, the movie. I did. And in the audience, which was fantastic to me, was an audience in the screening that was 
gosh, 85% Asian. Okay. And out oh, of really? The, out of that, yeah, oh, yeah. Be, Atlanta has a huge Asian population. No, no, no sure, yeah. but I, I didn't know so, if that was a target for the, oh, that's why. absolutely. And then, because this was a public screening as well, so it was a media screening plus one of those promotional screenings, you know, when, when radio stations do giveaways, mm-hmm. for sure. free passes, things like that. And then within that, it was probably at least of that 80-something percent, at least 90% of those Asians in there were Filipino. Okay. So I heard okay. Tagalog being spoken oh, <laughs> so much cool. tanning in line. <laughs> that's cool. And and then they even had um, a Filipino bakery there doing a giveaway oh, with that's raffle neat. I love tickets. How, see, I love how the community <laughs> comes together. things like this embraces a thing oh, yes. and then all huddles around that thing. To yeah. all celebrate slash also make money. That's yes, really absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Capitalism. In, in uh, it can be both, people. <laughs> yes. It can be both. So, what, and hearing the reactions throughout the movie was important to me because you could tell which bits of humor were very much only if you're a Filipino and grew up in that culture or you knew someone very closely and have experienced their family life. Are you going to get this joke? Yeah. It's going to strike a chord. Strike a chord. So hard with, with certain but, people. On the flip side of that, part of the premise of this film is that the, Joe Coy's son is a quarter Filipino because Joe Coy's ex-wife is white. Yes. But his son doesn't really know much about Filipino culture because they live in L.A., whereas Joe's family is in, outside San Francisco in Daly City, which is a very well-known Filipino suburb of San Francisco. So they yeah. did very well in terms of the research of that. And so a lot of this movie is teaching the son about Filipino cultures and little th- and jokes and how to understand those, which is very helpful for a non-Filipino audience watching this film to not be like, well, what's the joke? So they're they- bringing you in by explaining it to the son. Exactly, and that's how they address how to get the jokes. Which is a method that a lot of movies use mm-hmm. where they'll have some sort of idiot comic relief character who doesn't know... Right. National Treasure is a great example, right? Sure. They have the scientist around, you know, whatever, and he's, he's kind of like, what does that mean? And then... The two main characters are able to educate him, but right. also educate the audience. <laughs> but, but in this particular case, I don't feel like. And again, I haven't seen it, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like forced to me. No, no, no. This feels like a natural way that you would explain it's something. Sort of. How do you not know this? Well, we need to teach you. As opposed thing. to why is a scientist here who doesn't know that? Right. You know. Right. The, the Charlotte is buried in a. Light, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I did appreciate that part. Now. It's a, it's not life changing. This is not one of those comedies where ten years from now you're going to go, oh man, that is just something that stands in the comedy landscape of Mount Rushmore of comedy for the twenty teens. No, it's not that. But to me, it meant so much more because of what it's introducing introducing to main Hollywood, which is Filipino culture. And for those of you that don't know, take this time to educate as well too. There is a huge mesh of cultures within the Philippines. And the Philippines itself is a melting pot. I mean, we consider America a melting pot because of all the different people that have immigrated to America from Europe, right. Asia, the Latin America, Africa, everything, right? The Philippines itself is a melting pot of culture because there's even the joke in there where it's like, we survived the Spanish, we survived the Japanese, we survived the Americans, we're good, we survived Bitcoin, <laughs> we're going to survive this. And it's all the influences there. Because the Spanish influence is so heavy on Filipino culture that for those of you listening that have a Latin background, there's a reason why there's Spanish last names in the Philippines. There's Gutierrez, San Martinez, all those types of things are in the Philippines because of Magellan. I mean, it all comes back to Magellan (laughs) and that influence there. And then you mix in 
other Asian culture like Chinese and Japanese that have infiltrated before, and then plus American <clears throat> culture because there's American words mixed in with Tagalog in that language because they just didn't have a word for it, so that's English. All right, I'm going to ask you right now yeah. to uh, give us some words. Oh, gosh. Anything. One, uh, I mean, I'm sure you know swear words. Well, actually, no, I really no? don't focus on that. Usually that's the first no. one so anybody ever asked. He was asked brought up in a very... Oh yeah, nice respectful so, home. My, oh, so what happened? <laughs> not, not sure. The second he got out, all hell broke loose. Magundaga is beautiful. <clears throat> ah, okay. Oh, it's right. my try, wife's name. Try to use that in your everyday conversations today. Yeah, and there's little things for uh, so Rice Krispies. Okay, that's hold no, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to say the word for that. Sorry, because <laughs> they talk about certain foods within the movie too. So Pinny Pig or Rice Krispies. Pinny okay. Pig. Pinny Pig. So a That's lot of fun. times it's used in different yeah. baked goods or drinks, things like that. If you want that extra, that, you know, snap, crackle, pop, it's Pinny Pig. Pinny Pig. Pinny Pig. So little Ooh, things the, right Do there. the Rice Krispie uh, <laughs> cereal boxes say Pinny Pig on them if, in the Philippines? I do not know about okay, that right. one. Just, I'm just know. So there's also a dessert that's featured in there called Halo Halo. That literally stands for Mix Mix. That's what Halo Halo stands Ooh. for. It is made with shaved ice. And sweet red beans and coconut, young coconut, ube, ice cream, leche flan, which is a, obviously a version of flan that you see in Latin cultures as well. So it's yep. all there. All different types of things. And you literally just mix it up. And that's the dessert. Like mix mix. Okay. Um, so that's another thing there. So like I was saying, it's not a life-changing film. I was It was enjoyable to me. I laughed a lot. The, the problem that I have is that, one, if you didn't already know, the movie bombed an opening weekend. Five point three million. The budget was seventeen. Okay, but it's it. it's up against the movie we're going to talk about, which it is, is Bullet Train. So, but that's it's not, not really just, fair. Well, it it's it's fair to me because they did not put enough marketing budget behind this as a okay, comedy. That's fair because Joe Coy yeah. is an international star stand up comedian. Right, multiple specials selling out not just auditoriums but arenas and everywhere. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough marketing behind this to make people just aware of it. I understand you're going to have your target areas like this movie's going to do well in Southern California and you know the the Bay. It's going to do well. The big pockets. Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. do well in New in New York, Chicago, Atlanta, parts of Florida where Toronto. you have park, yeah Toronto. It's going to do well in those Vancouver. pockets. And maybe there was more. Yes, maybe there was more marketing dollars being spent there. But nationwide, there wasn't much marketing behind this. And granted, it's not going to take much to make up the seventeen million dollars in this because you think worldwide what it's going to get, yeah. especially the if those big cities are making money. Yeah, in the yep. Philippines and in those other big cities. And then once it gets to streaming, it's more than going to make up for that. But I wanted to obviously be bigger because of how much it personally means to me. True. And it is going up against a movie with some big, big time names associated with it. But those are two separate, completely separate types of they movies. Are. They oh, are. yeah. And one of the problems, we're, not problems, one of the things we've seen studios do now, we're not seeing many comedies being released in movie theaters. Not much at all? No. You, action movies, your superhero movies, horror, things, things that you, drive things people Things you to have the to see on the big screen exactly. with, with big sound. You have to see it. You have to feel it and experience it. Is this something that people are going to pay $13 for? Probably not. A-list with yep. AMC. I'm going next it week. It doesn't cost anything it's more A-list, to go sure. do. So overall, I really want people to go see this to experience Filipino culture and then ask me questions about what do they mean by this? Okay. Uh, there's so many little things that childhood trauma that i experienced <laughs> i was like oh god this reminds me too much karaoke's huge and uh, bad karaoke yeah. is big with the filipino culture of saying until two three in the morning you don't have to be on key whatsoever which drives me nuts and i'm sure 
both of you the same being in the I music industry. Music organization. Exactly. Yes, it would it's bother like, me. Oh dear God! Well, they they completely hyped that up. Manny Pacquiao is huge, hugely referenced in this as well. There's some great um, cameos in this film too that just make you go <laughs> and laugh. Like the reviews that are bombing it frustrate me because there's one that I read like I didn't laugh once during this. I'm like, bro, even in the worst comedy movie that I've seen, I've at least giggled or laughed once. Even in the worst ones, even if it's laughing at it. <laughs> But to say Have you, you seen stood Space there, Invaders because well, <laughs> But to be just completely stoic during this, there are some moments that I can't imagine somebody unless they came in with negative connotations like I'm not gonna like this to not enjoy it. Just yeah. sit back and enjoy comedy. It's stupid. It's a stupid comedy. What do you expect? Okay, I have a question. Yes. Uh, Jimmy hit me. got it. Jimmy got Jimmy got his one question in earlier. I'm getting my question in. Laughter is contagious, as we all know, in the movie theater. Ooh. We love good laughter. Thor, if you go see it in a full house, oh, that's hilarious. Sure. If you go see it kind totally of by yourself. Different. It's funny, but not the same, right? Okay, so laughter is contagious for comedy movies. You mentioned that 80%, no, sorry, 90% of the 80% Asian <laughs> was uh, was Filipino in, yeah. the, in your crowd, okay? So, We're getting to a Sex Panther joke, yeah, no, right? No, so, <laughs> every time. So uh, do you think that because you were surrounded by people who would understand the context of the joke, and understand the premise and understand the little nuances of the film because they're Filipino or Asian. Do you feel like that gave you a unique experience that Jimmy and I, again, who are white, would not maybe get at the AMC in Spring Hill, Tennessee? Like, like, what, like, like, like do you think that we would get the same experience? Probably not. And I'll say that, too, because I went again Thursday night where there were only five people in the theater. Yeah. And I was sitting between Mr. Gumpy and my wife, Alex, and they're both laughing. And I was laughing again okay. at the second time seeing it. Great, that's so great. That's a, that's that, a good sign. That's what I want to. That's what that's what the point I'm trying to make with this too is that yes, there's Filipino culture, but the jokes in there are jokes within themselves. Like it's your people They're are going to be able to relate. The, yeah, the angle universal. is Filipino, the but an- the content is yes. universal. And the things you may not understand can easily be explained. Whether it's throughout the movie, they'll be explained with context clues. Or you can ask somebody else, but it's not going to be vital for you to understand the joke. It's family drama. That's the base of this is family drama and moms putting too much pressure on an immigrant family, which lots of people can relate to that, of being first generation. Yes, of any descent. That's what's important here. So I think they could have done better with the marketing behind this is, yes, it's been put on that. But even the marketing with the poster of Joe Coy. You have hands coming in, pulling at him, but it's not even enough to where it feels like he's being pulled in multiple directions. But it says home is where the crazy is. I don't think that's enough of a tagline to sell people on this. I think you have to True. sell that everyone knows family drama when you bring in people, your your titas, your titos, your your lolas, everyone you bring them in. That's aunt, uncles, and grandmas. When you bring them in, drama's just going to ensue no matter what your background is. Not everyone is going to be 100% on board with every single topic of conversation. Right. I think they could have done way better in marketing this because they did so much right with representing Filipino culture in this that it didn't come through with saying, this is Filipino culture, but everyone's going to relate. As a tremendous stand-up comedy fan, as you both know that I am, yes, uh, I my knee-jerk reaction. I have no basis for this whatsoever, factually. <laughs> but my knee-jerk reaction and speculation here is that they relied so much on Joe Coy himself, his tremendous following, right? Like his Twitter following, Instagram following, you know, Facebook, all that stuff. His his social media following to get the word out. Yeah. And that's a recipe for disaster if you put all your eggs in one basket, even if it's as big as Joe. Marketers need to market. You'll never grow it. 
right. beyond the people who are already on board. Correct. Yes, yeah. that's right. 100% marketing to market, get people to know how to market things to come in there that have marketed things that represent people of color and films before do that. I mean, there's so many great examples. I mean, even Turning Red not long ago from mm-hmm. Pixar was really kind of a similar example. Of, yes. Like, I've got to explain our culture to this child that's not growing up there. Uh, we, I mean, all the way back to my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, yeah. You bring people in, you show them the, you know, silly, crazy, fun side and cultural references, and the rest is relatable. It is. It absolutely is. So that's that's why it's important to me for people to experience it, and I want to talk about it. So please, go watch it. Go give it some support. Learn about the culture. Go eat Filipino food wherever you're at. Yeah, you lost uh, me there. There's stuff that you will eat. Is there really? I, I would yes. be all over it. There's stuff you eat anything. <laughs> I eat nothing. That's I, I what how, I'm trying to tell you. I love how Brover is like, you lost me there. Well, it's, you, you said, don't even know what it go is. Go eat some Filipino food. That's <laughs> scary for a picky it, eater, my friend. It's not, sca- not scary. I'm not going to take you in and make you then go on. That's pork with pork. You're pork. right. <laughs> it's not I don't know what that is. That. I'm not eating it. <laughs> Jeremy Gover is a chicken fingers and skeddy. Pizza, <laughs> burgers, but but burgers plain. Yeah, you throw some cheese and bacon on there, but yeah, plain okay. for sure. But still, that's all cool. right. So, uh, all, all kidding aside, Bradford, what's your score on this movie? Seven point five. Oh, okay, so okay, you still you good. still came out pretty high. On well, that. yeah, it's going to be hard for a comedy to I, again. I want to keep within my realm of how I rank movies and sure. how I score them. Of did I enjoy it? Is <laughs> I need what? <laughs> I was gonna say which. <laughs> you've heard this podcast for like the time. You know it's your your formula for ranking movies is all over the road. It changes and you don't every, compa- every right, time. and you don't compare it anything to anything else. So no, I'm keeping it. It's I'm the tra- wild wild west over it here. It is not the the wild wild west. <laughs> Yours is sinking into Atlantis. No argument here. Jeez. No, 7.5, and the reason is because I enjoyed it as a comedy, but it's going to be really difficult for a comedy to be in the upper echelon of films for me. Yes. Just because of the, the, the quality behind it, writing, things like that. What puts it so high is just the personal connection and the cultural representation sure. of this. Because you know, if you watch my immediate reaction video, there was an embargo on this, so I couldn't post immediate like review. Yeah. But I started crying. Like, it hit me afterwards of... I was just able to relate so much, like actually relate to things that I saw on the big screen for the first time. Really relate. Not just like, oh, yeah, well, something similar like that has happened in my household. No, that has actually happened exactly that way. I was supposed to be an engineer. (laughs) Like, it's predetermined. Like, for a lot of Asian families, especially when they immigrate, it's predetermined what you're supposed to be. Right. Doctor, nurse, engineer, something like that. Not, you know, stand-up comedian or works for a nonprofit or got Uh, a theater degree. Like Hosting a stupid podcast. (laughs) Right. So, for those who wonder... Like and, and kind of push back on why representation matters. You know, you hear the kind of uh, representation matters, and there's yeah. some, there's a faction of the population that's like, oh, please, this is why we have a brother of ours right here who got emotional talking about a movie that has to do with his culture because it's the first time he's really seen that on the silver screen, and I think that's extremely powerful. I love you, man. Right. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that much. Exactly. All right, it's time to get to the bigger budget. 
action film on the bill for today's podcast. Brad Pitt plays a goofy and unlucky hitman whose mission is to steal an attache case while on a 320 mile per hour bullet train speeding through modern Japan and a slew of other bizarre off the wall assassins that double cross each other constantly create a (laughs) spectacularly explosive gory ride on bullet train. And bullet train. Get it? It's a joke. <laughs> There's lots of bullets. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, Jimothy. Did I give a wow. little foreshadowing? Just, just a few. Maybe just a little. A few foreshadowing licks right there. supposed to be a description. Dear God. I Gover. Mean, yes. I want to know Gover first because... I didn't mean to. Well, and here's why I want to know Gover's first because... If you follow me on social media, you know I tend to post some quick reviews of movies that I see. You could yes. save those Do- for the podcast, but I guess we're going to go ahead. And no. <laughs> no. Because I'm doing my job by doing that. Thank you, MCFCA, for giving me access to be able yes, to do my do job. Um, but I want to hear Govers because this sassafras commented on my Facebook with, I wrote emoji. <laughs> Already prepping. Of what kind of crap is going to spew out of his mouth when we start talking about this film. And it's probably something like, I just didn't get it. This movie tried way too hard. <sighs> okay? It tried hard to be Kill Bill. It tried hard to be Deadpool. Yep. It tried hard to be Ocean's Eleven. And it tried hard to be Fight Club. And it ended up being none of those things. Because it's Bullet Train. <laughs> I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. When a movie <laughs> pretends to be something and it fails to be anything, then it's nothing. It didn't. It didn't accomplish any of those goals. There were. There were. Mo- Don't get me wrong. There were moments in it that were funny. There were moments that were had really good action in it. There were moments. I, I applauded the effort mm-hmm. to weave the plot in and out like a like a giant tapestry. I always. I, 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 we've talked about this on the phone. I'm a thinking man. Like I go, a, I go see a movie. I like to see a think about like that was really 3, cool. Three thousand thread counts. Yes. Egyptian yes. bed sheets. Bed sheets. Yes. There was a lot to try to tie together. There was. There was. So I, 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 I applaud the. I applaud the effort. But for me, at the end of the day, I left the theater thinking, meh. Okay. There's an initial take. I think Jim needs to go next. I did a lot of talking already, so Jim needs to go next. All right. This candy-coated, <laughs> covered in lacquer, self-satisfied, smirking movie. amazed. <laughs> wow. Was so tedious. Ooh. It tried so hard. And and there are some action movies that and this is one of them that they try so hard to top the action of the previous scene, which was only 10 seconds before it, because it is nonstop action. It is explosive. It is gory. It is wild. That, like, every time you do that and you don't give any uh, a breath to the, to the audience, uh, you make it tiresome because none of that means anything. Brad Pitt, you know, he's going to make it to the end of the movie. So, like, it, it, how crazy do you have to keep upping it and it seems like the more you're doing it the more you're trying this movie got trying bradford i really liked it <laughs> <laughs> let's give it to mikey he likes everything 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the try-heartedness. I enjoyed the action sequences. I enjoyed the comedic moments, especially between um, Tangerine and Lemon. The, I, the I enjoyed twins. that was the actually twins. that was really good. Actually. Like I was laughing out loud, and I wasn't the only one in my theater. There were people that were really enjoying this film when it was either the gory sequences, the action sequences, or the randomness of how somebody would die. The, oh, like actual mm. reactions, but mostly it was the comedic parts because I think they were timed pretty well. And in terms of the chemistry between the cast, whether you enjoy the movie or not, I think they casted it pretty well for the chemistry. Especially reasons. between the twins, uh, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some chemistry. I did enjoy that. I think that was probably the best chemistry. I agree. Oh, I agree, because they were the comedic relief. They reminded me of what the Condors in Jungle Book, um, mm-hmm. or what the two henchmen in 101 Dalmatians. Kind of thing, but they, a little bit smarter. Obviously, they were the comedic relief, but they were they served a purpose. They though. served a one hundred percent served a purpose. That's a that's a huge difference in some movies. The comedic relief is just there. Oh to yeah, be comedic relief. I mean, they're, they're, and I like how it all came together in the end. I'm I'm good with it because I think the reason for me after seeing something where I was emotionally connected to it, this was a good popcorn brain turn off movie for me. So I met probably okay. what I'm influenced by is all that right. it went from a comedy that. I enjoyed, but I was personally connected to so much emotionally. Meaning Easter Sunday. Meaning Easter Sunday. To come into this where it's just like, it was more than I expected. I expected less in terms of action from the film. I know the trailer showed a lot of it, but I wasn't aware there's going to be this many assassins in one train going through all these different backstabbing ways. I like those little twists and turns. Even if they were predictable, I still liked it because the cameos. Dear God, spoiler alert. There's a lot of them. Don't give it. No. Okay. What I mean, don't get we're a movie review podcast. <laughs> All right, go ahead. When they flashed Ryan Mother Effin Reynolds on the screen for all of three seconds. I lost my crap. I lost it because that was the perfect little cameo. He didn't have to do anything. And I was like, they get a bonus point just for that. Like it's it, I like the self awareness of that because they knew an audience would react to Ryan Reynolds. What? It was kind of cheap movie making. Those are cheap, <laughs> cheap thrills they bought at the novelty store. But I'm good with cheap thrills sometimes. Yeah, and I, I, and I like this because it, it, the, the action sequences reminded me a lot of Sherlock Holmes with an older with a the. Did they not? No. The different camera angles and perspectives. Robert oh, okay. Downey Jr. All right, yeah, like Robert Downey Jr. Guy yeah. Ritchie. Yes, yeah, yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah. And Sorry. plus, yes. the, the director of this did Deadpool. Right. So there's well, that. He did Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. You know, when people, when, when a musical artist has a huge hit single, they do try to redo it. Usually never works. So you can have redo, Deadpool all he wants. Deadpool is a freaking awesome movie. <laughs> he did Deadpool 2, by the way. And it, yeah. Whatever. Deadpool 2 is still hilarious. Yes. Yeah, it's still great. Still this great. movie, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it has a 7.5 in IMDb. That's okay with me. Again, it's not blowing me away, but I was just good with it as an action movie, and I enjoyed the comedic action. I enjoyed Brad Pitt playing a role that was a little different than what we've seen Brad Pitt, but I like seeing him in some of these roles that had comedic relief for him to actually have some comedy into the action sequences, and that's why I enjoyed it. And the flashbacks, I like those little flashbacks, and even at the very end of the movie where it's like 10 minutes earlier, I like those types of things, and that's a personal preference of mine. That's why I hard to be Tarantino. But I do I, not I like Tarantino. I mentioned Kill Bill on my list. Yes. Yep. Except yeah. I do not like Tarantino. So oh, I don't give him a blank check a either. Wait I'm, I'm, I, a minute. We've talked about this before. He's 50-50 in my Holy book. Holy crap. Movies. Okay. 
That's a whole other show. Carry on. <laughs> yes, it you, is. You, you no, can no, go, I'm, you I'm, can I'm go, hitting the pause button. You can go kiss Tarantino's feet. Nope. Nope. I'll rub oh, some dirt no, on him. No, he likes other people's feet. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> we Let's Just get back on track. Okay. Okay. Bullet train. Okay. No the one intended. thing I wish they didn't do is in previews, I wish they had not shown Sandra Bullock. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Well, they okay. had to Sorry sell tickets. No, 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 it's fine. I forgot what I was going to say until oh, okay. you just said that, so <laughs> Brad, it's good. Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock sell tickets, okay? They do. They have, there's a lot of people that are character actors or unknowns to a general audience, so those people are what you put in the marketing. I, I agree with that, but I, there was probably... I'm, I don't know if this is an exact number or not, but I think I saw four different trailers for this movie mm-hmm. in the hype machine that was Bullet Train, and... I was sold to go see it after the first two. Without yes, Sandra Bullock. Right. I didn't need the last two to then ruin more jokes, to ruin the Sandra Bullock as the voice on the phone, to ruin... I didn't need that it to happen. reveal. Because it was, it was a reveal. In the movie, it was sure. filmed and pushed out as a reveal. It's almost like it the studio got a hold of it and said, hey, make sure you put Sandra Bullock in the yes, trailer. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. And they said, no, you have to do it. And they did it. I agree. Yeah. Because that was not a creative... There's no way it was a creative decision. Because there are other cameos in the film... That would have been a great one at the end. Sure. But instead, we knew she was in it because they right. they put it in the trailer. Which is a problem we've talked about on the podcast a lot, which is, it is. Uh, you know, film trailers are quite often a disservice to the movie because yes. they tell, yes. either tell you too much or they, do, they tell the story poorly. I just got to get this out there. Uh, the character Prince, played by Joey King, one of the worst acting performances I've seen this year. Oh, I don't know about that. On film. Just right up there. I mean, right she up wasn't there. great, but I wouldn't say one of the worst. That's, Manga, that's quite a... girl, uniform, terribleness. It was just awful. I, I think it was bad. Wow. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, res- I respect that. I just, I... Jim, just coming right out. There was nothing in this movie, acting-wise, that took me out of the film. There was okay. nothing that I was like, okay... This is not working or whatever, right? Okay. The only thing, maybe some French Probably stuff. Probably because they never gave you a reason for anything. No, there's no, there was no breathing. <laughs> maybe that's true. <laughs> there well, was no breathing. Okay, thank you for saying that. So that's so, a great point. And then to Jimmy's point earlier about uh, there was how this movie tried to every scene tried to up the ante every time yes. and kind of build this huge, huge towering movie. The only movie that I can think of, I'm sure there's others, but since you said that, I started thinking about that. Speed is the only one that I can think of that did that successfully. Especially for the time to, period. Yeah, for it, it upped yes. itself every other scene or whatever, and you're like, whoa, and you how start are they going to get that eyes. Whoa, how are they going to be the, whoa, like it was just this, right. you know, amazing. How did they jump when there wasn't a ramp? <laughs> right. Oh, oh there's, there's some problems <laughs> know, with speed, trust me. I know, but, I know. But I'm just saying, like, that's, a, a, that's, that's the first leaps. movie I left the theater yeah, yeah, yeah. on, like, an adrenaline high, because yes. it never let me blink. And when you think it's done, it's not. Right, that's right. <laughs> sure. So... Uh, so that's my point. So maybe I'll add that to the list. It tried to be speed too, not speed oh, too. If it tried oh, to be speed also, I'm going to no. say definitely did not try to be I'm speed too. It, uh, it successfully oh. got to be speed too. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> the movie where the boat can't stop. So interesting enough too. I think you can tell. Movies in general right now, we are going to the downturn. Obviously, the summer movie season is yes, coming yeah, to a close. That's correct. The next big ones aren't going to be potential Black Adam, which I'm curious about uh, that I'm one. Sure and then Wakanda Forever, which is, oh, oh that my is God, my dude. next big one. It's a monster movie. So, there's, yeah. If there's a movie I cannot wait for mm-hmm. in the so, next five years, that's it. So it makes me wonder because when you think about 
how these movies reacted, this didn't even draw as much as what they were hoping for for an opening weekend. No, even with the star power. Yeah. What was the opening but, weekend? Do you know? It's like fifty million. No, it's 40, less than that. Forty something million. It's it's a hundred seventeen million dollar budget or something. Yeah, uh, they might not make it. As of this, uh, they'll make it almost the end of the weekend, and they're projecting a little over thirty. Okay. Very Oof. disappointing return on Bullet Train. Which yep. explains why they put out four trailers and have blasted right. it everywhere on social media. I but guess. I think once it, once it really hits international markets, it'll probably do okay. It'll make it'll make its money. Well, they definitely did that. I mean, you have. Uh, they, I mean, this is based on a Japanese novel. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you have representation from around the world, which is here, great. Which is always great, and is always smart marketing, right? For that a wide right. audience, you're going to make money in a <laughs> lot of different places if you've got. People represented in this movie, uh, so you have you know Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock, which you know is is kind of like the white part of it, uh, and then you have a very international cast. So I have no doubt this money this money will be made in other parts of the world, but it won't be as easy as they thought. No, no, and especially because. Now people are back in school. The kids are back in school. Families are back in school. So you're not just going. Adults don't have as much free time necessarily. Sure. The kids being at camp or you know dropping them off. Mm-hmm. Little things like that start inching away of why there are not any major releases coming. This was like the last big weekend because in the South, kids are in school. Yeah. Man, <laughs> North my, has my, kid, some time. my kid starts school on Monday. Yeah. Sure. So this and was definitely the last big action movie. Yeah. Until you get to the holiday season yeah. or Black Adam being stuck in October. <laughs> This well, is, they chose this that is where oh, yeah. Hollywood is going gonna, is gonna to take away the loud thunder boomy movies, and we're going to see some more character-based, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little more, in my taste, a little more developed, rich dramas, maybe some comedies that are going to be under the radar. So this is where I think you find hidden gems now that all the big movies have taken uh, their place on the stage and are now just you know ushering out of the theater. Oh, just uh, I want to throw something out there, did, Jeremy. Did you know oh, that man. Top Gun Maverick has inched sarcasm. itself into I think was it top seven all time now? Is it all time? All time. Which good for it. I just <laughs> if we want to go back a few episodes, I mean just almost all the way actually. Almost all the way. I said it was gonna be the biggest movie. Of the year, you did of say the that. summer. No, of the summer. Summer, you said the that. summer. You said it would outgrow Thor. You did say that. Yeah. Mm. Where was that in comparison with? Well, Thor? you can let it sit all you want. If like I re- over double. If Ugh. I recall, I immediately backed off when you educated. You did. Yes. When you, when, yeah, I, you, you, I immediately backed off. Oh, when I you educated. Then, when you, <laughs> I immediately backed off when you kind of <laughs> leaned into the fact that like that's Marvel movie people. <laughs> Top Gun is for everybody. I just, I had that made perfect it, sense, I, and I was like, okay, you may be right. It was not pretty. A lot of people have have noted in comments to me that I am a little bit of the chaperone occasionally when you two are going at it. I either separate you or I pour gasoline on the fire. Mostly gasoline. That's your uh, job, though. Yeah, but pretty much. But when that when when <laughs> Mr. Bradford said, Justin, you said this movie was going to be the biggest movie this summer, Top Gun, uh, and. Jeremy Kegover, you you fought right back, and then by the time it was done, you were in the corner, and he, he was holding a rolled-up newspaper over your head, and you were cowering. So, I mean, this had, that had been settled by the end of that podcast. Because... I just want to give an update. On I the have number. strong it, opinions about a lot of things, but I'm no. also, but I know, shocker. But, but, I, but I also am no stranger to admitting when I'm wrong. Absolutely. And if you can, and I'm always going to listen. So when you said yeah, right after that, hey, Thor's from Marvel movie fans are very excited, but then overall Top Gun's for everybody. And it was like, okay, 
And it's still making money. Like that's what's shocking. It, it is. was released in May. Yeah. So it was August. It's still making money. I still have people telling me that it is in their plans to see it within the week or so before I mean, like it leaves $8 million dollars yeah. this past weekend. $8 million. $8 million. Did it outdo Easter Sunday? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Easter Sunday, I think, ranked seventh for the Ooh. weekend. Yeah. But that was, the, that was the big update because it surpassed some other movie to jump into, I think, seventh all time now. Do we want to get to scores? I think we should. Yep. It's time to put some numbers down on Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Train. Bradford, why don't you go first since you loved it so much? I didn't love it so much. I just enjoyed <laughs> it. <laughs> you and me. I liked it. Uh, 6.5. Bradford and Bullet Train. 6.5. Okay. 6.5. Oh, all right. Okay. That's, that's, that's a respectable score. Well, that's why I liked it, but I'm not like, I re- ooh, about <laughs> it. I respect you I came for out and was like, I enjoyed that time. It was a fun time. Okay. Right. Yeah. But it's not like again. It's not a life changing action movie. I'm probably not going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed the ca- there's the little cameos, the comedy, the the chemistry between um, Tangerine and Lemon, Thomas the Tank Engine references. Like <laughs> I would great. laugh every time because I grew up watching that as well. So again, a personal connection. I enjoyed the comedic factor more than anything else, and I did like the cinematography, even if it was trying too hard. I still liked it, but six point five to be fair. All right, Jimmy. Okay. Uh, just like Brad Pitt says in the movie, oh. I just want to get off this train and go see a Zen garden. <laughs> I would rather go see a bunch of rocks sitting on the ground. Uh, this movie just tried so hard, and I all the points for this score I'm about to give, I think are going to go to special effects, editing, and I think a very difficult place to film a movie, which is inside of a cigar tube. I had to, I have to give them full marks for that, so I am giving all of those chips to those people, mm-hmm. and I'm giving this movie a five. Okay. And it's only for them. Nobody else gets it. <laughs> You've had yours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeremy K. Gover, your score for Bullet Train. All right, like I said, tried too hard to be multiple different films, and we've even discovered another one, Speed. So uh, we're going to uh, – I, I, I didn't mind the acting in it. I didn't mind the performances. I did not mind the action, necessarily. I had a few nitpicky things that I would have with anything, which is that the if we're if it's supposed to be going two hundred something miles an hour, or whatever the bullet train goes, yeah. uh, it certainly didn't look like that. It looked like a regular moving train <laughs> at, in the background at times, and I'm like, Come not on. in America. <laughs> well, <laughs> the trains don't move that fast. Some, some, well, I've been on trains that go eighty, and that's what it looked like outside. It did not look the background window <laughs> scenes did not look good. Right. Uh, there's other things, you know. There, there's there's I can go on and on and on. The point is, is that my grade uh, is a four. I wow. just oh, I wanted to beat you. Yeah, well, you did. The, I, I, really <laughs> I wanted to be the lowest score in the nope. group. No, nope. you know Gover's more d- tough on that I, when it comes to I scores. I was more generous. He I will happily hand out a low score. Okay. I, I enjoyed the, like I said, the acting. I enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed the unique ways of killing people. I'm always, I always, I love that. Like John Wick. That's what I love about John Wick movies. When the, when he took a, there was mm-hmm. a hook that went through a guy's, he swung a hook like an anchor almost, like through a guy's neck, came out his forehead. It was good stuff. Like unique ways <laughs> to kill people is always fun for me. <laughs> and, That's but, good stuff. But it was, but it just the movie itself tried so hard to be something else. I couldn't handle it. I walked, <laughs> I walked out not a fan. So I'm going four. Oh, that's great. That is great. And now let's get to our question of the week. And this was a fun one because I wanted to especially get responses on Twitter because we're all three dudes. 
So three straight dudes. I will say that as well. <laughs> right. So we're, we're, it is important to classify. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, so our crushers are most likely female. Are going to be similar. Yeah, they're going to be women. In some ways, um, yes. Probably different generations, Jim. Uh, but wow. <laughs> and it started. <laughs> Am I wrong though? I mean, Jim's crush. If Jim says the same one as me, he's gonna look really bad. Was Martha Washington? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My crush. I never knew what her voice was like because they didn't have talkies then. Oh gosh! For those of you that work, had work this many minutes into the podcast before they make fun of how old Jim is, you win. It's the Skylar sisters and Peggy. <laughs> right. I knew the original ones. <laughs> so the 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 question is your first celebrity most likely Hollywood, your film crush, your first film crush. And we all three put this out on Twitter because I wanted to see what other people said. It's really interesting to see what people say. Some are going to be really popular, some make you go, "Huh? What?" So, I want to start with Gover on this because I know he got plenty of replies. I did. First of all, because let's let's look at the replies that we got to yeah. see if there's some themes here, but then go ahead and give yours, sir. Okay, but I have a question first. Just a clarifying mm-hmm. question go before we, I do this. Mm-hmm. Do characters count? Or sure. are we just talking about... Like an actor playing a character? Absolutely. No, like, like, like an animated character? It could be, sure. It could be either. Because Lola Bunny. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Ariel almost smoking. Uh, Ariel was on my list. Okay. So, yes. That's okay. Not, great. That's a great there, example. But she's that's not. Great but is that was that what you're talking about? Yeah. Because yeah, you I mean, do that as opposed typically, to typically. Typically, you're going to be a t- teenager, preteen when yeah. you have in your Hollywood. Qu- well, your first Hollywood. celebrity crush should be around that age. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. totally right. acceptable. Right. Okay. Great. Okay. So some of the ones that I got were our good friend Joe Rex Road. Yeah. Uh, he said Valerie Bertinelli, one day at a time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Which I have a feeling would be Jim's. The second person is Chris Brooks. Speaking of generation. Uh, Chris Brooks, our friend Chris Brooks at Brooks underscore 615, said Danica McKellar, The Wonder Years. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. George Scoville, our good friend George Scoville at, Sco- at Scoville Law on Twitter, uh, gave a gif of Princess Leia. So mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher? Is that, is a, that is a popular one. Okay, I yeah, I was going to say, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, there's going to be no shortage of Princess Leia. I, have, I only have a couple more uh, on mine. So our good friend Darren Wright, who you can follow him at uh, The Geek Cave, by the way, tremendous podcast over there. He has Amy Jo Johnson, the oh, pink Power Ranger. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm glad you said who there was, because I'm going, all right. Yeah, I no, I knew I needed to say, yeah, clarify that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. The pink Power Ranger. Oh, dude. <laughs> And Dude, I, I do yes. have. To, I, I, I probably said I had two more. I have two more now. Sorry, Colby Johnson said Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. Ah, uh, yeah, that's Ooh. a great one. Which I, that makes perfect sense depending on the time you were of sure. age. And then Dude, Skylock. Yes. <laughs> and then Jenny Carter, our friend Jenny Carter, said John Travolta from I think Welcome Back, Cotter time. I believe is when she, is okay. when the okay early, um, but early yeah, early so on. Good yeah. variety too, because a couple different generations. Yeah, for sure. And there's all those. We uh, also great. had Alvira mentioned Farrah Fawcett, the the huge right, but yeah, I, those right. I thought were unique enough to mention. So. Okay, now all right, what's yours? Oh, mine, my first celebrity crush to the point where I wrote a letter to her Ooh! on set, Ooh! which never got answered by the way. But that's not the point. Oh, uh, oh, was uh, Candace Cameron of Full House? She played DJ in Full House. Yeah, now Candace Cameron Bure. Bure, right? Right. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. that's that was my first celebrity crush. Was it Full House that? Yes. Where you get the crush? The okay. First season of Full House. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I was just for some reason I was taken aback by 
how beautiful she was, and I just well, oh, that's when she was still like a young teen as yes. well. Yes, oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, our ages were very age, similar. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like yeah. within a year. I think and yeah, we, yeah. We were within a year of each other. We were like we're still the same age. Yeah. So <laughs> we were you within a year of each other. Uh, but uh, yeah, Candace Cameron was my uh, uh, DJ okay. of Full House was my first. DJ. All right, all right, Mr. Jim. Uh, I don't. Let's have... go diverse on the. Let's go diverse on the generation here. Let's go. With okay, Jimmy. so uh, go to the man who's. I, I wrote a letter to my crush. Did you really? On a, on a cave wall. Was it King George of the Declaration <laughs> on of Independence? cave wall. Oh, you had me, man. I thought you really did. I was like, oh, this is great. We had a theme going. No, I, I did have one response. I want to uh, acknowledge Allie Parrott, who says uh, that her first screen crush was Sam Elliott in Lifeguard. Ooh. She oh, said, wow. so dreamy. I have pined for him ever since. Pined. Oh. Great word. Oh, yes. yes. We don't use that enough. Yes. And she said it in a... Low silky. I bet she did. Yeah. I mean, Monty Python used it when we we're talking about the dead parrot. He's pining for the fjords. <laughs> right, but still old, though. So we don't use it anymore. Yes, that's true. All right, so I am going to go old, and this is from a uh, terrible show, but I watched anyway <laughs> because mostly of because of her. Sure, that happens. And I also was starved for sci-fi television because I'm not going to go the regular Princess Leia. We all loved her. Mm-hmm. She was wonderful. Uh but because they realized sci-fi was popular, they brought Buck Rogers in the 25th century to theaters and then the TV show, and Aaron Gray, who plays his okay. modern sidekick, always wore a purple or the white uniform that was so form-fitting mm-hmm. and so formed many, many thoughts and hormones <laughs> in my body. That. I can see that, because that suit alone yeah. Yeah. would be, for like a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old, yes. but would be like, whoa. It's like, whoa, yeah. this is better than the Describe drawings. what happened here. Jim was just readjusting his hair. <laughs> Over the forehead, just oh, brushing his hair back as he's saying that. Just want to give maybe, you a visual. Maybe like if you're if you if you need a a frame of reference and you're still in sci-fi, uh, seven of nine on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes. <laughs> the fact that she wore a very very tight uniform and was able to wear it well is <laughs> it, it 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 just makes an impression. Okay, that's fair. I like that one. That's a good one, Justin All Bradford. Right. So plenty of replies here, and they're kind of all over the board, which I absolutely love. Yes. Let's see. This is a wild side with Eric Clark, said Ginger Grant and Dorothy Hamill. Okay. Okay. So definitely see those. I love that. Yes. Um, House Cats, Elizabeth Gillies. Okay. Uh, Scott Wren, Farrah Fawcett. Yep. We got a couple Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, a couple Farrah Fawcett's. Then let's see. Uh, let's see. Sporks Tardis, said Ewan McGregor and Orlando Bloom. Okay. Kind of shows the the sure. younger the younger millennials. That, like, yep. Yeah. In there. Yep. Um, then let's see. I can see. see Orlando Bloom by the way as a side. Yes. Note. I can see that. Pirates of the Caribbean time. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my god. He's dashing yeah. gentleman. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, Sean, president of Music City Film Critics Association. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. For him, I think there's yeah a huge generation that just. Uh, we have uh, Kay Lisi, Draco Malfoy, but obviously Tom Felton, but Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will say that was uh, like a daughter. My daughter's. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she lo- and they all love Draco. Oh know? yeah, you, so, the bad can, boy. Is it? Yeah, I was gonna say, boy. is this a bad boy syndrome? Oh, type I of the bad boy, the villain. Yeah, yeah, bad boy. Jackass. Oh, that's yeah. the point. 
I don't get yeah, I I love ladies. The bad boy. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Abigail Martin, Zach Efron, 1,000%. <laughs> I can see that. Um, oh, Based yeah. on her age alone, I can see that. I could have probably uh, guessed that one. I know a lot of people. And opposite of that, Danielle Denena, Corbin Blue. <laughs> Corbin Blue. I take oh points God. off for the name Corbin, but other than that. <laughs> but, you know, props to Disney Channel shows. Oh, and yes. All that stuff. Oh, Jen yells great. at everybody. Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's 80s, 80s Tom Cruise. Well, that's, but even yeah. I, I can see, but that's why like Top Gun did yeah. so great right? this yeah. summer oh, yeah. because right. those people wanted yeah. to relive that. Uh, Todd Heath, Elvira. That's a good one. Uh, okay. Then we have, geez, I'm trying to think of how to even say this. Oh wait, can yeah. I say an Elvira story just real quick? Yes, yes, of course. This is about the only time on this podcast I'm ever going to be able to get a chance to say this. Uh, yeah, there was a pinball machine at the local Round Table Pizza, <laughs> and it was an Elvira pinball machine, and as a 11-year-old boy with my friend who would bike down there. Remember kids right. when you could like just leave your parents and they wouldn't know where you were, no cell phone, nothing, and you could just right. bike a mile away? <laughs> uh, we'd bike to Round Tail Pizza and we'd get a pizza and we'd play in the little arcade there and there's an Elvira pinball machine and if you hit the start button without putting any coins in it, it would be like, oh, don't touch me there. Oh and we gosh. thought it was the funniest thing Oh if anybody gosh. else remembers that, please hit me up on Twitter because that is a hilarious uh, thing. And I have been to local arcades great. here in Nashville who have a similar Elvira pinball machine, and it does yeah. not say that, and I'm very disappointed. Oh, Carry on. Uh, <laughs> Robin Sparkles, Ryan Felipe. Sure. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Cruel Intentions era. Yes, Cruel mm-hmm. Intentions yep. era. Yep. And then let's see uh, Robert Martin, Princess Leia. Yeah. Uh, then I, what I'm interested in, Princess Leia, are they talking about Slave Leia? Or no, just no. Leia? This, this one is actually Empire Strikes Back Leia. Okay. All okay. Right, oh, it's, yeah, because you have to make it a say. I mean, because you have the the original help the princess, mm-hmm. you know? strong woman character, yep. right? Yep. And yeah, yep. and then you have you know the uh, where she's leading the rebellion. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. And then you, you have Golden Bikini. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Chris Armstrong uh, for himself says Catherine Bach, and his wife is Rick Springfield. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Laura says Donny Osmond. I can okay. see that. Now I totally see that. I can and see that's that, that era day. for yep. sure. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you think that I made old references. Let's see. NHL Goal Light says uh, Cheryl Ladd, Kate Jackson, and Jacqueline Smith, three way tie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cheating. Charlie's that's Angels, ch- that's totally cheating. cheating that but is cheating. I respect cheating. it. So now for mine, and I'll give some backstory as well. Uh, my first crush, celebrity crush, was Sarah Michelle Geller. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Cruel Intentions there? Oh, Buffy the Vampire 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 Slayer. Slayer. Um, Cruel Intentions just amped it up. Yeah, I'm sure it did. (laughs) A little bit If you weren't sure. Um, To the point that I I, obviously had the hots for for her as a teenage boy that my email address... Oh, (laughs) I can't wait for this. I think it was was AOL. So I mixed in a thing of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it's JBB1BuffAndBball. At AOL.com. What a complicated email address. Dude, I'm a nerd. That is so nerdy. Uh, okay, here's another here's here's a side question. Level. My first email address was Bantha Fodder. <laughs> nerd. Yep, that's not, but it's, yeah. <laughs> but Sarah Michelle Geller, I mean, <sighs> and Freddie Prince Jr., living the dream. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And he's married to Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar. What more could you <laughs> want? What more could you want? And that, not just as Freddie Prince Jr., Jedi, he is a nerd. 
Have you seen the clips of him where no. he goes full in on Jedi lore no. and characters and full on arguing? I like him even more now because of this. Dude, he this takes it cool. seriously. And I love him so much more for that that he takes his character who is he's the voice of. Yeah. Not even just not body acting. For those who don't know, acting. he's he's Kanan in, yes. in Star Wars Rebels. He yes. takes it so seriously. So that family in general, I just love looking at them like, <laughs> you're good. You're so good. I love you all. <laughs> you must have loved the Scooby-Doo live action. Oh, God, man. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Just her and Velma together. I will not say I've looked things up. Oh. <laughs> Please don't. I didn't. I said I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> But that is our question of the week. Um, as you can tell, multiple generations span there, um, male and female. So please tell us who your first celebrity crush was, and if you have any weird stories like we kind of do, and how we went yeah. like pinball machines or, or first email, addresses. email addresses. Yeah, what like embarrassing that. thing would we have found in your room of that time? With that person's face on it. Jim's embarrassing story is he learned, the first Morse code he learned was her name. <laughs> well, his embarrassing letter was chiseled in tablets. <laughs> this has been the Untitled Film Project podcast with Justin Bradford, Jeremy K. Gover, and I am Jim Chandler. We love interacting with you. Today we've talked about the movie Easter Sunday. Uh, we've also... Uh, Shot a few bullets at the bullet train, <laughs> and uh, well we said. Also had some good times laughing about our early crushes. Any of that you want to comment on? Please talk to us. We're lonely. We live in our mom's basements. Please, <laughs> we have a podcast. I think it's required. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.